Being mindful is the practice of maintaining a non-judgmental state of heightened or complete awareness of one's thoughts, emotions, or experiences on a moment-to-moment basis, which can be extremely important while trying to understand and learn more about mental health. So let me welcome you to Mindful Thoughts. My name is Dolores, and I feel like my mission in life is to help break down those barriers around mental wellness by sharing personal stories, tips, and confessions of mental health to help us shine a light on mental wellness. So what are we waiting for? Let's dive in. Hey guys, I just wanted to jump in real quick and tell you how excited I am for you guys to hear today's episode. Today, I get to interview my new friend, Jasmine. I feel so honored to be able to not just share her story, but to also be able to talk to her about her borderline personality and bipolar disorder. She is somebody that shows you that even though it's tough to have these disorders, it never stops her from doing the things that she wants to do. Of course, she has hard days, but you know what? Everybody does. I loved this conversation with her because for one, it let me learn more about what people are suffering with, but two, she shares so much stuff and teaches us so much that we probably didn't know before about these disorders. So without any further ado, let's chat with Jasmine. All right. I am so excited for you to be here and for us to have this conversation today. So uh, to start off, why don't we start with your journey with mental health? So I think my journey with mental health, it's kind of like a really long one. Um, So like long story short, I, I, have um a few different uh comorbid things but those um i have bipolar 2 uh bpd and adhd which i don't know if you really consider it's like it is in the mental health space so um uh all of those together and um I did not get diagnosed for a long time. So that's kind of where the journey started. So I didn't have a lot of um, knowledge on mental health, so I didn't know how to get help. So I kind of just suffered in silence for a long time with um, some pretty severe symptoms. Yeah. And uh, when you finally got help, did things start to make a little bit more sense of what you were going through? Yes, that was one of the best things about getting diagnosis. Um, and as I continue like to reach for diagnosis that um, makes sense to what I experience, yeah. um, it just helps make sense of why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, yeah. um, why I have the emotions that I have because, um, with bipolar and borderline, um, you kind of have really severe emotional reactions. Yeah. Um, and you have to kind of figure out how to make those reactions fit. But, 
um, also know that you just kind of have big reactions, like your emotions just feel big. Yeah. And I think that can be scary sometimes not to know where your emotions might be coming from or why you might be having them. And then uh, to be struggling like you were struggling and not to know for so long that you were struggling with it. And then to like finally find out what was going on, uh, I think would just almost kind of like bring it all to like the front of everything and being like, okay, now this can explain more of why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. Yeah, exactly. And it gives, it gives for me just this little roadmap of things to try, things I can do a little bit differently to help myself do better um, by looking at what can help. Like, oh, I have this symptom and now I can call it a symptom because it, it, it you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like getting that, like knowing that it's a symptom and it's not just who you are. Um, right. Yeah. Kind of learning like what you're feeling and the things you're going through is actually like related to what you're going through and not just like something you're not sure exactly what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering, I know it's like, it would be hard to explain, but for anybody who they don't know that much about bipolar or anything. Could you try? I, I've, I'm, trust me, somebody trying to ask me to like explain depression would be really hard. But if there's anything that like you've learned that maybe you can help someone else learn about bi- bipolar disorder, um, what would you be able to tell them? Um, one thing that I really liked, um, I'm trying to think what they compared bipolar disorder to, but um, th- a lot of times they compare bipolar disorder to a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And um, it's almost more like um, just if it's a roller coaster, it's like a roller coaster to the pit yeah. and then to to the tops of the world to heaven. Yeah. So it's like you have these intense feelings of sadness where you can't move. And then you have these great moments of, I don't necessarily want to call it joy. It's like an ecstatic feeling like that you can't shake. And it's, um, it can be eerie if you have like stuff going on that doesn't make sense for it to be happening. You just have this like sense of euphoria and you're like, I have like, like I've been recently trying to like sell a house and stuff like that. So it's like, I'm trying to sell a house. Like I'm doing all this stressful stuff and I have like this sense of euphoria and like wanting to spend money and like all of this stuff going on. And I'm like, calm that down. Um, but you you asked me to describe bipolar disorder. I would say yeah, it's just like a bi- it's like a roller coaster that only goes to like the pits and the high highs, and then you can you can get stability in there, but it's like yeah. it feels like it's not there when you're in your symptoms. Yeah, it can be like overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, and um. I know that we 
last time we talked, we talked about your relationship with your boyfriend and how you've had to navigate through that. And I'm wondering if you could share kind of that uh, relationship with us. Um, so I have, I am, we are together six years um, as of recently, um, but it is hard when you have bipolar and borderline personality disorder to keep a relationship. Yeah. You do a lot of things that you regret very, um, just to put it bluntly. Yeah. Um, and you have to learn how to apologize in a way that does not put blame on anything but yourself because that is an apology. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily saying I – it's just saying I did this. It's not saying I did this because. Right. Um, and learning how to apologize like that. But I think um, the, big, the big thing with um, me and my boyfriend's relationship is just this – uh, being able to be honest about what's going on in in my uh, symptoms. Yeah. So when I'm experiencing these symptoms, I can tell him this is a symptom I am currently. So um, with with bipolar disorder and uh, borderline personality disorder together, uh, it kind of does this thing where um, one of the symptoms of borderline personality disorder is splitting. So you will um, kind of black and white thinking, but throw it on a person. So okay. um, this person is either perfect or they're the worst thing ever. Yeah. And um, when you are in a relationship, you tend to do that a lot with borderline personality disorder. And you start devaluing that person as soon as you start splitting and seeing them um, in the devalued sense. Um, yeah. And it's you have to make your brain start seeing the good things again. So I actually like keep lists um, okay. when I start feeling that way. And I, I look back and I say, I'm thinking really black and white right now. Yeah. This is... A distortion and here's how I really felt when I was not having these humongous emotions that sometimes I react to in a way I don't like yeah so it's um it's really finding that ability to not blame yourself internally and beat yourself up about it but yeah. take the responsibility for it and um figure out a way to change yeah if that makes sense um yes, but i think if you like blamed with like knowing what you're going through i think if you like almost blamed yourself it would almost be worse because you're you you know that like what you're struggling with is tough and you know those moments come up so if you choose to punish yourself instead of more on the like oh no I understand why I'm feeling this way it's okay that this is happening I just need to learn how to you know like you said make a list and learn the things that are going to help me instead of like putting yourself down and saying like 
I'm a horrible person. I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And it, it, when you get in those uh, cycles of like, I'm a horrible person, especially with the combination of the borderline and the bipolar, um, you get into suicidal thinking really fast because you get that guilty feeling. Yeah. And it, it just, for me, immediately turns into suicidality. And I know a lot of my friends that struggle with a similar thing have the same problem. Um, yeah. And you really have to, like I said, find a way to not take the guilt on yourself and say, this is a symptom of something I have to deal with. Yeah. But it's not who I am. This is who I am. And then you have this reminder of who you are how you really feel or how you really um I don't want to say feel because in that moment you have the emotion you have the feeling um in your body but it's like identifying that that's a distortion and you when you aren't feeling distorted yeah. you feel differently it's yeah. it's a hard balance but yeah and I think it doesn't help like since you've been with your uh boyfriend for so long it probably helps having somebody who knows what you're going through and is like there enough to say like I'm here I'm gonna stay I'm gonna understand even though sometimes you might do things or say things that are hurtful like I think it's important to know like when you have a partner that's like even though you're doing all this stuff, like I still love you. I'm still here for you. I think is really important for anybody going through any type of mental health illness to have that like strong stability with a partner to say like, no matter what you're going through, I'm not leaving. I'm here for you. And I'm going to stay even though you are going through what you're going through. Yeah. And I think it's a hard balance because I never want to tell somebody like, hey, this person's hurting you stay in this relationship right but um if you see somebody actively trying to get better and you are willing to stay in that relationship yeah um both at the same time like you want that relationship to continue and you see them pay- putting forth effort to get better at the same time then it's worthwhile to keep keep rolling because they can get better they could figure it out yeah And we uh, talked about, too, how you've also combined with everything, you're also dealing with depression and anxiety and ADHD. And I'm wondering, just like dealing with so much sometimes, like, do you, is it overwhelming at times to just be dealing with like all of this stuff at once? It definitely is. Um, It's more making sure that so I, I'm like a keep busy type of person. So I keep a lot on my plate so that I kind of don't, um, stay too in my feelings, stay too, um, I don't know. I, in my feelings is the only word I could think of, but, um, like I, I'm not so in my feelings that I can't live my life. Right. Um, so it's like getting that happy balance of like busyness versus like actually taking care of yourself. 
Yeah. Um, but what was your question again? Because I'm like off topic, I feel no, like. No, it's all right. I'm just wondering because you, you're dealing with bipolar and then you've also talked about dealing with depression and anxiety and ADHD. So I'm wondering like on those days, like you said, you keep yourself busy enough. So like when you feel those feelings, you don't sit in them for too long. So I'm wondering like, if is there anything that you do for yourself, like when all of those kind of combine in one day to get yourself like moving or, you know, get yourself out of that too much feelings at a time? Um, I would say the biggest thing is planning my rest when I start feeling that way. So knowing that, uh, hey, I'm feeling a lot right now. I'm having symptoms of a lot of things or um, just having a lot of big feelings with with um, having any mental illness. I think you can get into having really humongous feelings cer- at certain times. And it's like yeah. just overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, when you are getting in those overwhelming moments, saying to yourself, okay, this is when I'm going to take a break and I'm actually going to take that break. It's not something that I need to earn. Yeah. It's just something I'm going to do. I can't take a break right now because like a lot of times, like you start feeling all these symptoms and you're in the middle of your work day. Yeah. And, and you're like, I'm not going to stop everything I'm doing to... Um, like you can stop everything you're doing to take care of it in the moment, like go to the bathroom, do a breathing exercise, things like that. But, um, I'm not one to just give up and say, I'm going home because I'm experiencing this symptom. Um, sometimes like you have to, that's one of the unfortunate parts of having bipolar or, um, anything where you, um, just can get with bipolar it's so physical it's so um like you feel so numb and out of your body when you're depressed and it's hard to get it to move even um so like uh that's when I kind of will throw the red flag and say I need to make this happen right now if I'm feeling those physical feelings um, and say, I need to get the rest right now and I might leave work. Um, But generally it's making a plan for that rest in the future, in the near future, like um, calling off, not calling off that day, but telling your boss I'm taking Friday off. Yeah. Um, Or uh, that's the best example I can think, but yeah. Yeah is planning those rest days to know like you're going to take that time to take care of yourself so then you can keep going. Exactly. Yeah. And does um therapy and you talked about taking medication, does that going to therapy and taking the medication help it a little bit more? Yeah. So the medication is something that like bipolar, it's like hands down a chemical brain thing and like if you have bipolar you can feel that I feel like yeah. it's very um it doesn't really have to do what's going with with what's going on in your life it's just all these chemicals up here yeah and um medicine is a very 
simple way to start helping that you know what i mean because yeah. it's chemical um but uh i'm very fortunate medicine has helped me very quickly um another thing with bipolar and anything with a comorbidity with it it starts to become very hard to treat um i've i've been very fortunate that the medicine i do take helps me a lot so i preach medicine i will say take your medicine hands down if you feel like you're needing help to just live your day-to-day life. Yeah. If you, um, if you struggle feeling capable, if you struggle, um, just living your day-to-day life, it's, it's hard to explain it more than that, but like, yeah, sometimes I, if, if I'm not taking medicine, it's hard for me to just get in the flow of living. Like I might be able to get to work, but I probably didn't shower. I probably am barely functioning at work. Um, I am just organizing my projects enough to get enough done to not get yelled at. Yeah. Um, that type of thing. Um, but I forget what I was saying, so you can go ahead. No, sorry. And then uh, how does therapy help as well? Because I feel like there's so much stigmas around therapy and even taking medicine that people will shy away from it. And like you're saying, like, if you feel like you can't get through your day to day, then if you go to your doctor and they give you medicine, you might need to take that medicine just to help you get through the day. So I'm wondering also on the line of therapy, how has therapy helped you? as well so um therapy has been crucial for me and i think that is um really a healing piece like you you have these big emotions and you didn't know how to deal with them for a long time and that's what therapy is it's figuring out how to deal with them in a way that is conducive to you continuing relationships and not leaving them or making them terrible for both people. Um, It's uh, keeping your job, things like that. Yeah. So if you, if there was anybody who's struggling and they're for some reason, they feel like they're almost holding themselves back because they're scared of taking medicine or scared of therapy. Is there anything that you would, tell them right now to maybe help them take that right step. If you're experiencing severe symptoms, if you are having suicidality, if you are struggling to live a life that you feel like you're functioning, like um, if you're struggling with those things, you currently, and I, I say this, you have a broken leg. You currently have a severe symptom, and I say symptom, but you currently have a severe um, ailment that needs taken care of. Yeah. So you need to figure out a way to take care of it. And therapy and medication are two ways to take care of it. And hopefully with a combination of those or with one of the two, you can figure out a way to deal with it for you. 
Yeah. And the start of it is raising your hand and saying, I need help. I have a broken leg or I have suicidality. I have, um, struggle. I struggle with relationships. That was one of the hard ones for me. Um, I just recently got uh, diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. I did not want to admit that I split on people, that I devalue people. Yeah. Um, but in admitting that, I've gotten to improve it. Yeah. In admitting that, I've gotten to work with my therapist on it. And I think that is part of it, too. Like, just admitting to yourself that you have these symptoms. But, yeah. Yeah, because I think uh, people are just scared to admit that they have issues and they they need help and then it's almost like they fear of what other people are going to say about what they're doing for themselves that I think hold a lot of people back is just that that fear and that I'm scared that if I take this step to you know protect myself and do what I need for myself then other people are going to have like an opinion about it or a judgment about it. Yeah, and it's really, um, it's hard, but just getting over those judgments. Like, knowing that people are going to say what they say, but you can do what's best for you regardless. Yeah. Um, And that's a hard thing to just, because I don't know what, if it's just a different bone in me, I've never really struggled with that. Um, That piece of what will other people think. I always worried about, how will insurance cover this was my big like scary thing because yeah. uh, it was a fear that was instilled in me from the time I was a kid. So yeah. um, know that your insurance does usually cover mental health care. Like it would be pretty bad insurance if it didn't. Um, but like, just look it up, just figure out what it covers. It's not something to be afraid of. Yeah. Just figure out what it covers, figure out what you can get for what you have and start looking for a therapist or start looking for a psychiatrist, whatever you need. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's why I love, I just love having these conversations around mental health because I, it just shines a light on a subject that many people are still very hush hush about, or they don't want to talk about. And uh, with starting this podcast, like I've done a lot of research and tried to understand different mental health illnesses, but like, I can only tell you so much. And I think talking with people who feel comfortable talking about it and who want to open up about it is another way to just share those stories around like, look, I'm dealing with something, but I am still living my life and this is not holding me back. Exactly. It's, um, I'm, I'm very much live your life as a testament to a younger version of you. Um, and that younger version of me um, needs this person who shares her story because she doesn't know how to share her story yet, even yeah. to her doctor, even to her therapist. She has a therapist, but she doesn't know how to share her story to him. So it's kind of like a moot point. Um, yeah. So, uh she she needs to learn that and that is how I live my life now sharing my story in a way that is trying to help her learn how to share hers yeah 
while uh, while also educating other people, I think too with what you're dealing with and how you're going through it. And like, I love how on Instagram you talk about it and you share it. And I, it's almost the point where it's like, you know, there are going to be people that are uncomfortable with seeing the stuff like me and you would post about mental health, but it's like, that's who we are. And we've chosen to, you know, step into that and say, look, this is what I'm dealing with and I'm going to share it. And it's okay if you don't like it and it's okay if it makes you uncomfortable, but this is who I am. Yeah. And, um, I think a really important piece of that is knowing that you can, uh, I guess, just talk about it and share that discomfort. Like, yeah. you know, it's uncomfortable for you. It's going to be uncomfortable for them to hear it too. Yeah. They can share that discomfort if they love you in a way that you feel comfortable sharing that with them. Yeah. Yeah. And you can almost choose to like, if you almost feel, I mean, you don't have to share stuff on social media, like, what we've yeah. chosen to do is just like what we feel comfortable doing. So I'm not telling anybody like you need to share this, but like almost choosing to go through a therapist and choosing to open up to them or finding a close friend or a family member that would understand could also be that first step to say, Hey, look, this is what I'm going through. And maybe they would help you to finally like decide to go to your doctor and get help or go to a therapist. Like you, you just need to be, who you want to be and be that person to the people you choose to share that with. Yeah. And um, I think with like sharing uh, publicly, it really does for me come back to that younger version of myself, but yeah. it's not something that is like you said, it's just who I choose to be is sharing publicly. Yeah. If you aren't one to share share that in a public manner and it doesn't yeah. feel like you definitely don't do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Cause I it think... can be very freeing. Oh to, yeah. To oh, absolutely. And I think with just with social media overall, like it can be overwhelming. I think it's sometimes to follow certain people and see like people living their lives and you're over here struggling but then also maybe trying to find and follow accounts where like there are people like me and you talking about it. So then it can make you feel a little bit more comfortable because social media can be so toxic depending on what you're following and what you're consuming. That like, a lot of the stuff can steer you in a way that is more on the negative side than the positive side. Yeah. It's so easy to get that with social media because it is, it is meant to make you addicted to it. It is meant to make you want more of it. Yeah. And you have to say, no, I'm using this to build a community of people like me. Yeah. I'm using this to build a community of people who can help me through what I'm going through. Yeah. Um, you have to decide how you use it and not let it decide how to use you. It's kind of like, um, like if, 
it's like you are getting addicted to it when you start getting into those like toxic side of things. Yeah. And you're just doom scrolling and doom scrolling and those kind of things. Yeah. Um, it's finding the accounts that make you stop the scroll and be like, I really wanted to read that and interact with somebody there. Right. Um, it's finding those accounts that make you, like you said, have community because yeah. that's what it's about. It's about finding a community that helps support you. Yeah. Or coming or across. Yeah, or like coming across a page that you can relate with and then me taking maybe that step to reach out to that person and be like, hey, you know, I like your content. I like what you're talking about. I've had these feelings or I'm going through it. And even maybe taking that step to like connect with that person because that person understands what you're going through. Yeah. And even if you don't get the, like, even if you don't have the gumption at the time to actually talk to them about it yeah um it's at least knowing hey this person feels the same way I do sometimes I can watch their stories and not feel alone yeah yeah exactly because I think a lot of people that struggle with mental health feel alone a lot of the times because you're either someone who knows what you're going through but you don't want to share it or you're sharing it and you're getting this negative feedback from people. And I think like overall more, I think more and more we're getting a little bit more open with so like on social media and the public talking about mental health. But I still think there's a lot of people who just are, are really scared and they feel alone a lot of the times just going through it by themselves. Yeah, and um, that's where I say use the social media as a tool. Don't don't let it use you. Just use it as a tool to help you. Yeah. If if you're the type of person that, that it, it helps you to have that community virtually. Some yeah. people, it's like if, if it's virtual, um, it doesn't count for me. Um, yeah. But for me, the virtual community has helped so much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just important to more or less step into who you are and to not be afraid because I I think no matter what, people are are always going to have comments about what you're doing or what you're saying. And it's almost like deciding not to, you know, take what people are saying at personal value to yourself. Like, you know who you are, you know what you're going through and like people just have their opinions. And I think that's definitely okay. Yeah. Um it's not necessarily saying screw you in your opinion, but it's saying screw you in your opinion. Yeah. With with mental health at least. <laughs> I'm I'm very much like a like screw that stigma like Yeah. I'm I'm a badass. Yeah. Is there any stigmas around what you like around bipolar disorder that you think people like believe that is just like not true because I feel like there's so many like stigmas around certain mental health um, illnesses that like you could think of one that you're like yeah no that's not true. Um, I think the biggest stigma for border or for bipolar is it's just moods. It's just moodiness. Yeah, it's so much more than just the moods. Um, it is like I said, it's so physical. Um. And 
yeah, we can, we don't necessarily change on a dime. People have that like theory that we change on a dime. It's just, we don't have the feelings that match our like situation sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think when stigmas come around that really like feel like they hold me down, I tend to like confront them very openly. So, um, a stigma that just just in general that that bipolar people can't work or don't uh don't work. Um, I am very and not saying like if you do if you if you need to not work, that is a situation that one really sucks because I know you want to and two uh you need to take care of yourself yeah if that's what you need to do but um like I think there's this theory that like you can't have treatment you can't find something that's gonna work and then it gets in your head that oh nothing's gonna work and then nothing works and not to say like you, you do in some ways make your reality like regardless of what um like sometimes your reality is given to you but you do uh, make your reality what it is like you can say I was given bipolar disorder and you can be joyous not necessarily about having bipolar disorder but you can still be joyous or you can say I have bipolar disorder I'm gonna let that mean that I'm not joyous ever yeah yeah I think it's just like knowing you know that like it's okay to just deal with what you're dealing with and keep living your life because like you said a lot of people will think when they get a diagnosis that like their life is over or you know like everything shuts down and it's like knowing that that's not what it is you acknowledge that like this is what you're going through and this is what you have but still choosing to take care of yourself every day and live like as a normal life as you want to live and that you're willing to, you know, put in the work to keep doing what you need to do. Yeah. And I think when you do get diagnosed with these things, like most mental illnesses you have had, you didn't just suddenly contract it. Yeah. So you have been living with this thing before without the tool of knowing you had it. Yeah. So getting a diagnosis is just a tool. Now you know that you you have this situation that you you can start throwing different tools in your tool belt at. I guess I guess it's a whole tool belt to know your diagnosis. It's a whole tool belt. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm a very metaphorical person. No, it's but, all right. <laughs> um, but you just start throwing different tools at your tool belt in it then. And um, you yeah, you have to use it as a tool, not something that's going to hold you down. Not saying, oh, I have this, now I can't work. Um, I have this, now I can't do what I wanted to do, what I enjoyed. You, um, yeah, it might take away from it for a little while. Hopefully it doesn't take away from it forever. Yeah. Um, but you can figure out ways to still get pieces of it regardless. So I know people who are not able to work due to their disability. Yeah. But 
they are still able to have joy in their life. They are still able, like, I, I know it affects their ability to feel like they're successful, but I think they're successful. I think they're doing yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's like knowing, like, even though if like you can't work, you can still do things that make you happy that like bring you joy. Like, because you have this, you're not like all the joy is not just like sucked out of your life. Like you're still able to feel that joy and find that happiness doing whatever, you know, works for you. Yeah. And it, it helps to start with just like finding your routine with anything. Um, but yeah, like you, you can find joy in your day-to-day life, even if you don't have the things that maybe helped produce that joy before you got diagnosed. Yeah. Maybe your diagnosis, it was more sudden. Maybe you just like, cause one thing with bipolar disorder, you can live with maybe the depressed symptoms a long time and not notice that they're severe enough to get help. And then you have a severe manic episode and it's very sudden for you. Yeah. Um, it, it does feel like you didn't have this and all of a sudden you do. Yeah. Um, but I forget what I was saying. Yeah. It's okay. Um, I think like you said, people, it's not something that just automatically comes out of nowhere. Like you've always had it. You just didn't know you had it. And then when it's finally to the point where like you have to acknowledge it and you have to go to a doctor and you have to ask about it. It's like, it's a, it's a part of you. You just didn't know that it was a part of you until you were told this is what you're dealing with. Exactly. Um, It's getting to know. Yeah. Just exactly what you said. Like you, you now have something else to say, this is what I'm dealing with. Yeah. And it's really hard when that comes with a whole bunch of stigmas too, because like I really debated actually getting diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, even despite the fact that I say screw the stigma all the time, because there's such a huge stigma around borderline personality disorder around um, because the symptoms suck. They, they suck for other people too. Yeah. And that's why there's a stigma and you have to acknowledge, Hey, my symptoms suck for other people too. Yeah. I have to figure out a way to make it to where I can at least apologize to them, but hopefully find a way that you stop doing what you're doing. Hopefully you find a way to um, regulate better. Yeah. And that's what, that's why I decided to get diagnosed. I wanted to find ways to regulate better. And I knew having this diagnosis was going to help me talk to my doctor about it better. Yeah. To almost understand more, you know, just having that understanding of like, okay, now I'm, I'm ready to understand what I'm, what I'm going through and how I'm feeling and how I can make it better. Yeah. Yeah. I think this, you know, this conversation with you, cause like I, I researched, uh, you know, bipolar disorder and borderline personality. And like, for me, I can only, you know, give you so much information. And I love being able to talk to you about it because it's almost, you know, you're giving a a little bit more information about like how you have it, but you're still living like 
an, an amazing life and you're doing everything you need to do on the daily for yourself. And you are somebody that I think other people who are struggling with this, these disorders can look up to and say like, look, she's struggling with it, but she continues to, you know, find ways to understand it and keep living a life to her fullest without it letting it hold her back. Yeah. And that, that's what I try to do. Yeah. Um, just, um, making sure, I don't know. I, you were talking and I had something like I wanted to make a delineation, but I forget what I was going to say. So it's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's all right. I have those moments all the time where someone's talking and then I want to say something and then I like totally forget. It's like, I'm not like repeating it in my head. <laughs> yeah. Like I want to listen to what you're saying. I don't want to just like figure out what I'm saying next. Like, no, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> uh, so before we end this conversation, I have a question that I ask all my podcast guests and that is, if you had one tip for somebody right now who is struggling with mental health, who maybe is scared or who just got diagnosed with something like, what is something you would tell them about mental health to help them, you know, get through it or to know that it's going to be okay? I think the biggest thing is just knowing your symptoms are a tunnel usually. So if you can ride out that tunnel, that symptom's going to end and you're going to stop having this whatever big feeling you're having. Yeah. Um, it is a tunnel. Even though sometimes the tunnel is really long, like a depression, it's a, it's a hard one because and, and bipolar has those depressions as well where it's just like, God, this is taking forever. This tunnel is really long. Yeah. Um, but reminding yourself it is a tunnel. You will get through it. And, um, you're allowed to feel your feelings in that tunnel too. Like you're allowed to just be like, F all this. Yeah. And maybe take a day to not do everything that you like have on your list or, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Almost knowing that like, even in those tunnels where it seems like it's it's never going to end and you're just going to be stuck there almost knowing like to never give up and to keep going because there will be that light at the end of the tunnel and maybe like a few weeks or a month from now you might be in another tunnel of like darkness and stuff but almost choosing to keep going and to not give up like in those hard moments yeah and I will say the more you choose to not get up the shorter and short give up the shorter and shorter the tunnels get yeah. So the more you say, I'm going to keep going because it's a tunnel. You have to keep going to get through it. You can't yeah. um, give up and say, I'm parking right here. I'm just, I'm feeling this way and this is all I'm feeling. Right. Uh, you have to, you have to move through it. And if you have trouble moving through your emotions, that's a whole different conversation that we'd have to get into. But yeah, um, like just that's where you get in with therapy and medication and all these other things to figure out ways to move through, move through it so that you can get to the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And before we leave, would you like to let people know where they can follow you and reach out to you? Yes. So I am at the bipolar badass on Instagram 
And that's the best place to find me. If you like want to shoot me a DM, I'll answer. I'll, it might take me a while because sometimes I like don't notice that it's there, but because um, it's like in the request. But uh, I will let you know uh, what's going on. If you just want to say, hey, I'll yeah. say hey back. So um, and then uh, find me on my podcast. Uh, it's not quite consistent, um, but I'm working on it. So eventually it'll be consistent. Yeah. But you're at least trying. So you you yeah. you have you're out there doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and I will put everything in the show notes. And I just want to say again, thank you so much for letting me reach out to you and agreeing to be a guest on my podcast and just being, you know, open about what you're going through and willing to just talk about it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And I just want to say thank you again to Jasmine for sharing her story with us and letting us in on her struggles and how she goes through it, but how she's also living her life to the fullest and never lets it hold her back. I am so honored to be able to be the one to share her story with you guys. And remember to go over to her pages show her so much love, let her know how proud you are for her for sharing your story with you guys, and just go over and follow her, listen to her podcast, do all the things. So thank you again to Jasmine. Thank you to you for coming along with us as you listen to her story and support us along the way, and I will talk to you guys again real soon. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. And you know what would be so amazing? If you shared, left a comment, and liked this episode. Any type of support and love for this podcast is going to help it grow more and more every day. I'm so grateful to have you here. And I'll talk to you again soon.